1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 6 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. 272 NFL games in the regular season. I will place 272 bets. And now, with week five completed, we are past the quarter mark of the season. And this time next week, we'll be past the one or we'll be exactly at the one third mark. Of the season. So slowly but surely, we're getting there. It's been a grind. But another winning week that makes four of my five weeks so far this season. Winning weeks. Uh, second week in a row, I went 9, 6, and 1 for plus 2.18 units. That brings our year to date total to 43, 34, and 3 for plus 7.38 units. We are rolling. A long ways ahead from where we were after week two when we were in the red. So three strong weeks in a row. And I, I will say, I actually thought I handicapped the games better than what this week's record was, to be honest. I thought uh, a few coin flip games went against me. Uh, if the Washington Commander scored a touchdown there right at the end of the game against the Titans, they are on the goal line, they scored a touchdown there, the over hits. Uh what was another coin flip game? Uh see if I can bring up my picks here. I know the Sunday night football game between the Bengals and the Ravens. If I would have just taken the Bengals uh spread, that would have hit or if Justin Tucker missed that last second field goal, that would have hit. Uh I will say him missing a last second field goal might be a little bit too much to ask for to be fair. Uh, what was the other last second play? Oh, the Eagles against the Cardinals. If the Eagles would have scored a touchdown at the end of the game instead of kicking a field goal, that one would have hit as well. So uh, a lot of winning bets that were easy. That's a good sign. And coin flips, you're, you you got to think coin flips uh, through a big sample size will some well around 50% go against you, 50% go with you. And I felt uh, the coin flip games, the ones that kind of come down to one or two plays, mostly went against me this week more than for me. But... Um, I won't complain too much about a nice little 9-6-1 win. My one push, if you're curious, uh, was the Vikings. Got them at minus 7 against the Bears at 1-7. It is kind of funny if you listen to this podcast last year. The entire season, I had one push, and it was on a money line when the Lions tied the Steelers. Uh, already the season through the first five weeks, already have three pushes. Funny how that works. Uh, all spreads, obviously. So there you have it. 43 34 3 plus 7.38 units. The Monday night football game was finally a very good primetime game. Uh, We've been kind of waiting for that. I kind of expected tonight would be. Uh, So that's a positive of it. The downside of a very good, especially Monday night football game, is that I am not recording this until after the game because I'll record, I'll start recording at halftime in shitty games that are kind of boring. But uh, that Raiders Chiefs game. I didn't want to stop to start recording, so it is now midnight, and I'm just starting to record now, but uh, I want to get this out to all of you Tuesday morning. That is what uh, my plan and goal has been for the entire season. So there you have it. We are heading into week six of the NFL season, and like I said, one more time, my record stands through the first uh, third-plus of the Road to 272 Bets 2022 edition of 43, 34, and 3 for plus point. Three, eight units. So without further ado, let's dive into week six action. This is the NFL week six episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go.
0: No, Lisa, the only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle.
1: Okay, here we go. Slightly shorter episode this week because uh, bye weeks have officially started. So four teams on buys. That means we got 14 picks Instead of 16 picks, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football and what should be an absolute doozy. This is going to be punishment for uh, what we watched on Monday Night Football. Just, uh, you you might even want to just put on a second screen, just put a replay of the Raiders-Chiefs game instead of actually watching this game. Because it is the Chicago Bears against the Washington Commanders. Uh, When I bet it, it was a pick Let me uh, actually bring up the latest odds here. but I did take the Bears as a pick here. As of Monday night, the Bears are one-point favorite, so still like that. Anything underneath a field goal, I would still recommend that you take the Bears. I just got them out of pick-em, minus 110. I put out uh, in my NFL season preview, if you listen to that before the season started, I placed a bet on the Commanders to finish with the worst record in the NFL this season at 28-1, to I believe it was. I also gave that bet out uh on an episode of Daily Bet Slip, which is my show with betsided and a clip of me giving out that pick uh put a, a clip of me putting out that pick got put out on a YouTube short on the bet side youtube YouTube channel. I encourage you all to go look at that clip, look it up on the betside YouTube channel and enjoy the comment session because I got just torn apart like i've I've been torn apart by a lot of fan bases, the commander's fan base. Came after me in that comment section. Well, would you look at where we're at now? Commanders are one and four and look like the one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm gonna hold off, but if they keep losing games, I'm gonna print off those comments and I'm just gonna read them out loud because Commanders stink. 25th in yards per play, worse than the Bears at 22nd. Uh, Ron Rivera uh, completely threw Carson Wentz under the bus in a press conference today. That that franchise is in shambles right now. Love. Love the Bears in this spot. Also, one funny thing I found out Bears, we all know Bears are not throwing the ball this season, but they're actually 7th in yards per pass attempt. So, hey, Uber, Uber Uberflus, maybe throw the ball a little bit more. I know, to be fair, they are dead last in sack percentage. They can't protect Justin Fields at all. But when he does the it, especially this past week, they've had some success. 7th in the NFL in yards per pass at 10 to Washington all the way down at 24th. So I think the Commanders are a shitstorm right now. I will back the Bears. Pick them. But if you're looking at current lines, anything under minus 2.5, uh, sorry, anything under minus 3. So minus 2.5 and, and lower, I would still recommend the Bears. The Commanders are a shitstorm of a team. Moving on to Sunday's games. I'm going to to look at the game between the Jets and the Packers here. I was on the Giants to cover last week against the Packers. They won outright. I am now on the Jets to cover. So I got Jets plus 7.5 at minus 110. Anything above a touchdown here would be go, go, go on the Jets. I don't understand why they keep setting the Packers as favorites of over a touchdown. They don't deserve it. In fact, the Jets have actually been the better team defensively this year. Listen, and I think I've said this before, If I'm going to lay seven, seven and a half points on a team, they they have to be better both on offense and defense, and this has not been the case for the Jets and the Packers. Opponent yards per play, Jets 11th, Packers 14th. Opponent yards per carry, Jets 7th, Packers 22nd. Opponent yards per pass attempt, they're 15th and 16th. Opponent completion percentage. Jets 16th, Packers dead last in the NFL. The Packers are allowing opposing quarterbacks to to complete 72.93% of their passes. That is terrible. Now, obviously, the Packers do edge them out offensively by a little bit in most categories, but if you're to just look at the stats blindly here and divide them up between Team A and Team B, so if if I laid out all the stats for both teams, you didn't know which was which. I labeled one Team A and one Team B. In no world would you look at the stats and then set one of the teams as a seven and a half point favorite. This line is set based completely on the logo on the helmets, and I won't stand for it. Give me the Jets, plus seven and a half, minus one ten. Moving on to the Saints and the Bengals. Uh, I gotta say, I'm over on the Bengals. I know they covered Sunday night. They did not cash for me. Money line. It was the first time this season that I bet a money line and the team covered but didn't win that. Sucks extra hard when that happens because you just feel like an idiot. Uh, I think I'm out on the Bengals though. I've been saying buy low, buy low, buy low, buy low. They still haven't delivered yet this season, and they went up against one of the worst defense in the NFL in the Ravens, and they still didn't deliver. So I'm kind of out on them. Second last in yards per play through the first five weeks. They're averaging just 4.8 yards per snap. That is worse than the Jets. That's worse than the Giants. That's worse than the Bears. That's worse than the Commanders. That's worse than the Titans. That's worse than every single other team except for, funny enough, the Rams. Talk about the Rams later. But the the two worst teams in offensive yards per play this season are the two Super Bowl teams from last year. That is not something you'll see very often for sure. Uh, but it might be time to stop looking at the Bengals here as the defending AFC champions. It might just be time to accept them for who they are, and that's not a good football team. Meanwhile, Saints offense, and I said this last week, this is why I was on the over in their game last week, Saints offense is actually much better than you might expect. Their points per game aren't very high, but they rank 7th in yards per play, 6th in yards per pass attempt. I actually think Andy Dalton has been pretty good since he replaced Jameis Winston. Uh, He averaged 8.4 yards per pass against the Vikings week 4, 7.8 yards per pass against the Seahawks last week. Uh, And the Saints defense has been pretty good, mainly their 3rd down defense specifically. Uh, They rank 2nd in the NFL in... um, opponent in third down conversion rate opponents are getting a first down on just 29.85 percent of their third downs i think it's time to stop believing in the bangles i'm going to start fading them until proven otherwise i will take the saints plus one and a half minus 110 against the bangles moving on to my first of two money line upsets of the week this one's a small one i'm saving my big one for later uh jaguars plus 115 against the colts Last week, I will admit, one of my losses I mentioned at the top of the show, I had a few coin flip losses, or coin flip kind of results go against me. One that wasn't a coin flip, and one in hindsight that uh, I, I think was a bad handicap and a stupid bet on my part was the Jaguars. Them, They're much improved, but laying over a touchdown against any team in the NFL was stupid. Uh, they aren't quite at that level yet, but I actually do like them to beat the Colts for the second time this season, plus 115 here. Uh, my Colts, the preseason Super Bowl picks, I was, I mean, I was just talking about the Bengals, being out on the Bengals, I'm out on the Colts, I know they just won last week, but this Colts fucking suck, Jaguars 17th in yards per play, Colts 29th, also shout out to the Jaguars defense, shut, uh, they shut out, shout out for the shutout, they shut out the Colts earlier this season, Ninth in opponent yards per play, only slightly behind the Colts at 7th. And I think the offensive line is a huge difference maker in this game. The Jaguars are third in QB sacked percentage, only allowing a sack on 3.21% of dropbacks. Colts 29th in QB sacked percentage, allowing a sack on 9.72% of dropbacks. And by the way, this is not a real stat, but Matt Ryan, it feels like he fumbles or throws an interception on 65% of his dropbacks. I'm so done with the Colts. I can't even fully express it. I will say, when I watch Matt Ryan play... I feel like I'm watching an old, sick dog who's doing his best to walk around the house and, like, try to play with you. But, like, the dog, like, kind of stinks and, like, you know he's going to die soon and you're like, ah, at this point I just kind of wish it happened sooner rather than later. That is what I feel like watching Matt Ryan play. It's sad. I love Matt Ryan. He stinks, though. Uh, Next up, Ravens-Giants here. Ravens minus 4.5, minus 110 against the Giants. I think it is time to sell high on the Giants. Kudos to them. For being 4-1, and one. Brian Dable looks like a fantastic coach. Um, I think he did breathe, breathe life into this Giants offense, like he predicted at the start of the year. Um, but still, let's we got to base these handicaps on stats. Let's look at their stats so far this season. 19th in yards per play, 26th in third-down conversion percentage, 29th in yards per pass attempt. Ravens rank 4th in yards per play, ninth in third-down conversion rate. Uh, so Ravens much, much better offensively. And the Giants' strength is the running. Fourth in yards per carry, that's how they've beat most teams this season. But that's exactly the strength of the Ravens' defense. 27.12% of the yards gained against the Ravens comes on the ground. That is the third lowest mark in the NFL. If you want to beat the Ravens, you have to attack them through the air. And that's, that's exactly what I don't trust the Giants' offense to do. And meanwhile, the complete opposite is true when it comes to the Ravens' offense and the Giants' defense. Giants allowing 5 yards a carry. That's 27th in the NFL. 40.37% of the yards gained against the Giants comes on the ground. That is the third highest mark in the NHL. and the NHL. And, hey, NHL season starts Tuesday. Uh, technically even though it over the weekend. That's the third highest mark in the NFL. Uh, and now obviously you're taking on the Baltimore Ravens. One of the best rushing attacks in the entire league. Not only is Baltimore a more skilled and talented team, but I think it's a good stylistic matchup for them as well. And it's a sell-high spot on the Giants. Love this bet. This is one of my top five best bets of the week. Then we have the Buccaneers against the Steelers. I will once again lay the points on a team playing against the Steelers. I still don't think the lines have fully adjusted for how bad the Steelers team is. They stink. 30th in yards per play, averaging just 4.8 yards per snap. Their defense allowed the Bills to get over 10 yards a play last week. Not good. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay haven't, haven't hasn't, hasn't exactly had the explosive offense we've come to expect, but they still ranked 20th in yards per play, and um, 5.3 yards per snap. But the biggest difference between these two teams lies in their defenses. Buccaneers Sport, one of the best defensive units in the NFL. They rank 4th in opponent yards per play. While the Steelers are 24th in that category. We should no longer look at the Steelers as a good defensive team. They are not. Also, uh, Steelers rank 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Their secondary has been terrible. Well, I guess who gets the most percentage or the highest percentage of their yards through the air? It's the Buccaneers. 80.45% of the yards gained by the off by the Buccaneers offense comes through the air. That's the highest mark in the NFL. So if you wish to keep it close against the Buccaneers, you have to be able to shut down their pass attack. That is the one thing the Steelers defense certainly cannot do. I will lay the points, the eight points, with the Buccaneers against the Schittsburg Steelers. Next up, we got my baby boy Falcons, 5-0 against the spread, the only team left in the NFL with a perfect against the spread record. Good teams win, great teams cover. They got just fucked by Jerome Boger. By the way, complete side note, what is going on with the NFL refereeing? It was terrible this week. It's so bad that like when you see these guys make these calls like Jerome Boger made the roughing the passer on Tom Brady, like the roughing the passer we saw on Monday Night Football between the Raiders and the Chiefs, and then like the 10 makeup calls that happened after it. They're so bad that you can't just like chalk it up to like a mistake. It's either they're doing this on purpose or they if it's just that they're that 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 they are this bad, there needs to be repercussions for this. The NFL needs to come up with a statement. They need to hire more referees that, that are better at the job. They need to do better training. They they can't just ignore it and say, oh, well, the referees saw one thing. These are so obvious that it hurts to watch. It truly hurts the game. Let's fix this referee issue. I'm not going to rant on it too much because everyone's saying the same thing, and it's the obvious thing to say, but it has to be said. I just uh, praise my Falcons. I will say, though, after all that... Uh, I think this is the first week they don't win in cover. I got 49ers minus 5.5, minus 109 the juice on this one. Listen, the Falcons' offense is exciting, but they aren't built to have success against good defenses. They're going to get completely overpowered. We saw this last week, even though they covered against the Buccaneers. They gained only 4.3 yards per play against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, obviously a top-five defense. They gained the third-fewest yards amongst all offenses, in Week 5, only 4.3 yards per play. Now they have to take on not only the best defense in the NFL, but this 49ers defense, I know a small sample size so far, but they are on a historic rate statistically. First of all, let's compare the offense and the defense here. 50% of the Falcons' offensive yards they gain come on the ground. That is the third most in the NFL. 49ers have the top rush defense in the NFL, allowing only a measly three yards per carry. So if the Falcons try to stick with the same game plan and just pound the rock, not going to work this week. Then if they try to throw the ball, well, they're 26th in QB sacked percentage, allowing a sack on 8.99%, 8.89% of Marcus Mariota dropbacks, and the 49ers rank first in QB sack percentage, getting a sack on 10.94% of opponent dropbacks. The kind of offense that is going to be able to get yards and points against the 49ers defense, you have to have good pass protection, and you have to be a good, just a good pass t- passing team in general. If you can slow down the pass rush a little bit and find the holes in the secondary you might be able to score on this defense the Falcons are the opposite of that they can't pass protect and they can't pass in general they rely on the run terrible stylistic matchup for the Falcons here and if that doesn't make it bad enough the Falcons offense or this 49ers offense is actually better than the Falcons offense statistically 12th in yards per play compared to Atlanta at 14th and it doesn't need to be uh it can go without saying that the Falcons defense is not even close to being as good as the 49ers so 49ers at minus five and a half, minus 109. Next, we got the Patriots and the Browns. They're going to go over 42 and a half in this one, minus 110. These were supposed to be two of the better defenses in the NFL this season, but surprisingly, both teams have had more success on offense than defense. They're 10th and 11th in yards per play, 15th and 25th in opponent yards per play. So there you have it. Statistically, they are gaining more yards per play on offense. Uh, actually, they're. They're worse on defense. I don't know how I'm going to word that, but you know what I'm trying to say. They both rank worse in opponent yards per play than they do um, offensive yards per play. Um, Both teams have also struggled in stopping the run. The Patriots rank 23rd in opponent yards per play. Browns rank 30th in opponent yards per play, allowing 5.3 yards per rush. And now these two bad run defenses have to take on two top-tier rush offenses. They are 5th and 7th in rush play percentage. They're both running the ball in over 50% of their plays and they're 5th and 12th in yards per carry. So I think the way these two de- these two teams match up with each other stylistically, I think 42.5 is too low of a total. I will take over 42.5 minus 110 between the Patriots and the Browns. Next up we have the Broncos and the Rams. Or, sorry, not the Rams. The <laughs> it's not the Broncos either. What am I even looking at? Next up we have... Uh, just completely incorrect teams and two teams that don't even play each other this week. I uh, might be having a stroke. Who knows? Next up, we have the Vikings and the Dolphins. Gonna go over 45 in this one. So another overplay. Both teams have exactly what betters are looking for when they won't want to bet the over. And I've, I've said this in the past couple weeks in a row now. The Dolphins are built as an over team. But the under hit, I think, started 1-3 and in the first four games. It hit last week when I was on the over between the Dolphins and the Jets. I think we're going to see kind of a run of overs in Dolphins games. Fifth in the NFL in yards per play. Uh, Bottom, I I didn't put the ranking here, but they're uh, near the bottom in opponent yards per play. Uh, They're allowing 6.1 yards per play. The Vikings defense, also bad. 26th in opponent yards per play. So they're both bottom six defenses in the NFL and let's also remember the Dolphins are even worse when it comes to their secondary 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt and now they're facing Justin Jefferson the best receiver in the NFL, maybe the best receiving tandem in the NFL. So I think we're going to see a lot of points in this one. I don't know who's the quarterback yet. I don't really think it matters. As long as one of either Tua or Teddy play, then I think we're good here. I'll take Vikings Dolphins over 45 minus 110, which brings us to the late afternoon games and the final five games. We'll take a quick break. Now we'll be right back.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from,
1: Alright, here we go. Let's dive into the late afternoon games and then the two final two primetime games. Panthers-Rams. Uh, I will take Panthers. Plus 10, minus 118 against the Rams here. I got this at a bad line. I think you can get this at an even better line right now. Listen, I know the Panthers are in shambles. Baker Mayfield's hurt. Matt Rule is out. But this is a perfect under-react spot. In my opinion, if P.J. Walker plays and that's the look of things, I actually think that might help the Panthers if anything. Panthers 2-0 when P.J. Walker starts. How about that? 2-0 straight up, not even just against spread. 2-0 straight up when P.J. Walker starts. When a coach that players don't like, and all the reports are that he lost the locker room, when he gets fired, it actually kind of amps up the team a little bit. Um, But I don't care what's going on. Even the whole Panthers organization aside, I simply cannot lay 10 points On a Rams team that ranks 32nd in yards per play. That's right, I brought brought it up earlier when talking about the Bengals. The defending Super Bowl champions through the first five weeks of the NFL season averaged just 4.8 yards per snap, which is dead last in the National Football League. Unbelievable. Make fun of the Panthers all you want, but they've been averaging more yards per snap than 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 the Rams, than the defending Super Bowl champs. Now, I will say, the Rams have played three of the top five defenses in the NFL in their first five weeks. So, we are going to see positive regression from them once they start playing more weak defenses. But still, their offensive line is in shambles. They are missing Andrew Whitworth bad. 31st in yards per carry, averaging just 3.2 yards per rush. 30th in sack QB sacked percentage. Matt Stafford getting sacked on 9.77% dropbacks. Will they win? Probably But a 10-point spread on a team that's been this bad through the first five weeks, I don't care that they just won the Super Bowl. I cannot lay that many points on this team right now. I will take Panthers plus 10, and I will underreact to all the news going on with the Carolina organization. Moving on, I'll take another overbet here. Cardinal Seahawks. This handicap's pretty simple here. For the foreseeable future, I will be betting the over on every single Seahawks game until either one things change or two of the lines start getting into the high 50s. Over 51? Done. I'm taking the over. It's simple. Second yards per play, dead last in opponent yards per play. I will repeat that. Their team, their offense, is second in the NFL in yards per play. Their defense is dead last in opponent yards per play. Arguably, if you're basing offenses and defenses on yards per play... They have the second-best offense and the worst defense. Why would you do anything else but bet the over? Because that makes them so unpredictable too. Because then it's kind of like whatever team has the ball last is going to win. And then it's like, are they going to win by a field goal or are they going to win by a touchdown? So it makes spread betting on their game so unpredictable. I would lean taking the, the Seahawks and the points if, if you're looking to bet on a spread. But I'm just, I'm just going to take the over. Also, this is a defense Kyler Murray. Can probably just use his instincts and athleticism to tear them up. If there's a defense he actually needs to read and play smart against, he's fucked. But this is a team, this is a defense that's so bad. Kyler Murray's probably going to have a great game, and then you're going to start seeing things about Kyler Murray being back. Uh-uh. But he'll have a good game. I think this is the obvious bet. I think it's a right bet. Cardinals, Seahawks over 51 minus 110. Bills, Chiefs. How in the flying fuck is the Bills and the Chiefs not a primetime game? What is the NFL doing? You're going to give us commanders and bears on Thursday night, but then bills and chiefs get slid into the late afternoon slot. I mean, at least it's late afternoon. So we can probably just watch that game and not even care about the Panthers Rams or the Cardinals Seahawks. Yeah, to be fair, that's probably what most people are going to do. Uh, but with that being said, I'm on the bills here. Minus one and a half, minus half, minus one ten. I think these are the two Kings of the AFC. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, but I don't think there's any doubt that Buffalo is the better team this season. They lead the NFL in yards per play at 6.7, but they also give only give up 4.4 yards per play, which is the second best mark in the NFL. So if the Bills line for the rest of the season, unless there's major injuries, I don't care who they play, I don't care where they play. If it's a field goal or less, I'm going to lay the points with the Bills. I just think they are that much better. Now, things get a little tricky when you go up over a field goal and up over a touchdown because then weird things happen. Like, we already saw the Bills uh, when they played against uh, the Dolphins when they lost them. Like, weird things happen, but field goal or less, I will lay the points with the Bills 100 times over 100 times. They are just that good. First and third down conversion percentage getting first down on 55.7% of their third downs. They rank third in yards per pass attempt. Now they take on a Chiefs team that ranks 31st in opponent completion percentage. Bills minus one and a half, minus 110, keeping that one easy and simple. Next up, Eagles Cowboys here. This is the Sunday night football game. I will lay the points with the Eagles minus four and a half, minus 115. Like I said last week when the Cowboys took on the Rams, I thought it was a sell high spot on the Cowboys what I said and I even said in the podcast my concern is the Cowboys pass rush pass rush against the Rams offensive line it turns out that my concern should have been the only thing I should have based a bet on because that was the difference maker in the game but now (laughs) I think it's the time to sell high on the Cowboys I'm just going to keep on betting against the Cowboys now until they lose uh complete mismatch offensively Eagles eighth in yards per play Cowboys ranked 23rd this is kind of my point last week Cowboys are doing very good if Cooper Rush, is he going to play again this week? I'm not positive. But regardless, I mean, Dak didn't look good and great in week one either, so I don't know, we'll see. Um, But this is the thing thing about the Cowboys, they're winning. Congratulations to them. Hats off to them. Hats off to Mike McCarthy, who I shit all on all offseason. But their offensive numbers show me that we're going to see some regression with their record. 23rd in yards per play, 29th in third down conversion rate bottom 10 and red zone scoring, whereas the Eagles rank 8th in yards per play, 6th in 3rd down conversion rate, and everyone talks about how good the Cowboys defense is, and for good reason, but the Eagles defense just as good, Eagles defense is actually 3rd in opponent yards per play, Cowboys rank 5th, Dallas pass rush is a little bit better, 2nd sack percentage, but Eagles right behind them at 7th. So I think defenses are very comparable, but I think the offenses are completely night and day with the Eagles having a massive advantage. So I will lay the points with Philadelphia. Which brings me to the final pick of the week. Underdog money line alert. Underdog money line alert. I'm taking the Denver Broncos. God bless me. Gambler, bless me. I'm taking the Broncos plus 210 to upset the Chargers on Monday night football. I know the Chargers just won, and I know the Broncos just lost in what was one of the worst NFL games of all time, but I'm not convinced that this Chargers team is good. I will say about the Broncos' offense, they seem worse than what they are. They still move the ball at a decent clip. They're just dead last by mile in red zone touchdown percentage. I think we're going to see positive regression in that area. They can't keep being this bad in red zone scoring. So if we get some positive regression from that area, the Broncos then turn into an average offense. They're 18th in yards per play. Still not good, but better than like your points per game stats are going to show you. The reason why I like the Broncos here and why I think they can pull off their upset, their defense is significantly better than the Chargers defense. Sixth in opponent yards per play. Chargers are 28th in opponent yards per play. The Chargers defense was supposed to be rebuilt this year. They're supposed to be good this year, but they stink. They stink even worse than last season. Red, let's look at some stats here. Red zone defense. Denver is the best. Chargers rank 19th. Third down defense. Denver ranks 7th. Chargers rank 19th in that as well. Denver, second in opponent yards per pass attempt and 74.59% of the Chargers' offensive yards come through the air, which is the fourth highest mark in the NFL. So the Chargers get all their yards through the air and now they take on a, a defense that ranks second in opponent yards per pass attempt. You can beat the Broncos by running the ball. We saw that's that's what the Raiders did in week four. The Broncos' defense ranks 20th in opponent yards per carry, but the Chargers' offense, 26th And yards per carry. They do not get many yards on the ground. They rely on Justin Herbert and their passing game. And that's going to feed right into the strengths of this Denver Broncos defense. I think the Broncos pull off the upset on Monday night. Give me the Denver Broncos plus 210 against the Chargers for my upset of the week. So there you have it. Those are my best bets for all 14 NFL Week 5 games. My five best bets... Are the Jets plus seven and a half, Ravens minus four and a half, Buccaneers minus eight, 49ers minus five and a half, and Eagles minus four and a half. Let me recap all of my picks here very slowly for all of you who skip to the end and just want my best bets for each game. Bears minus ten, minus one ten against the Commanders. Jets plus seven and a half, minus one ten against the Packers. Saints plus one and a half, minus one ten against the Bengals. Jaguars plus 115 on the money line against the Colts. Ravens minus four and a half minus 110 against the Giants. Buccaneers minus eight minus 110 against the Steelers. 49ers minus five and a half minus 109 against the Falcons. Patriots Browns over 42 and a half minus 110. Vikings Dolphins over 45 minus 110. Panthers plus 10 minus 118 against the Rams. Cardinals, Seahawks, over 51, minus 110. Bills, minus one 1.5, minus 110 against the Chiefs. Eagles, minus 4.5, minus 115 against the Cowboys. And then Broncos, plus 210. Moneyline underdog alert on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. Best bets once again. Jets, plus 7.5. Ravens, minus 4.5. Buccaneers, minus 8. 49ers, minus 5.5. And, and Eagles, minus 4.5. My teaser of the week let's take the bucks down from minus eight down to minus two and let's take the jaguars up from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half crossing both key numbers of three and seven for both teams i would be shocked if the colts blow at the jaguars and the bucks basically just need to beat the steelers by field goal which i certainly think they can do let's finish up with survivor So my final Survivor entry, which originally was my girlfriend's, and she does make the final calls on these, is still alive. So far through the first five weeks, we have Saints, Broncos, Vikings, Eagles, and 49ers are all gone. We took the 49ers last week. We are in Joe Ostrowski's Survivor Pool, which I think, let me look up here, getting down the nitty-gritty here, $25,000 goes to first place. Um, Let's see. Let's bring up the report here. 965 entries have been eliminated. There are just 163 entries last left. So I got a 1 in 163 chance to win $25,000. The big killers last week were the Jaguars. Jaguars fucked people. 48 people got eliminated because of the Jaguars. Uh, 8 people because the Packers. 2 people because of the Broncos. Survivor pick this week. I think... And to be fair, like I said, this entry was originally my girlfriend's. She has to make the final call. My entry got eliminated when I took the Colts in week four, the fucking Colts. I'm gonna My case I'm going to make to her is that we take the Buccaneers. The only other options to take the Buccaneers the rest of the season is they have two games against Carolina and one against the Seahawks. That's really the only other games I'd be feel comfortable taking the Buccaneers with how far their offense has stepped back. I think their defense is going to give the Steelers a ton of issues. I can't see Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback, tearing up this Buccaneers defense. So I'm going to make the the case for the Buccaneers. If we don't, you could go Packers against Jets. You could go Rams against Panthers. Even though I'm on Panthers plus 10, I'd be shocked if the Panthers beat the Rams. Um, So those will be the options I'll present with my girlfriend, but I will recommend that we take Buccaneers. But it's her entry. I'm staying true to that. She will get the last call. But I would recommend, if you're in a similar spot to me and you haven't taken the Buccaneers yet, I'd recommend taking the Buccaneers now. Because like I said, only really only takeable games, I think, for the rest of the season. Uh, well, I guess Falcons last week of the season, if you want to wait all the way until Week 18. But two games against Carolina and divisional games are sketch. Uh, and then they have one against the Seahawks, which with how the Seahawks' offense has been so far this year, that's a little sketch. So I think you got to take the Buccaneers against the Steelers here and hope for the best. But there you have it. That is the NFL Week 6 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Please be sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. Gambler, bless. I'll talk to you next week.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.